0: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience podcast. Today I have with me Jean Ginsberg. Jean is a number one best-selling author, award-winning digital marketing expert, speaker, and entrepreneur. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on the show.
0: My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
1: You mean from uh, my entrepreneurial journey?
0: Uh, If both personal, entrepreneurial, if they're connected, obviously we we talked offline that, you know, you're from the former Soviet Union and I know immigrants in the U.S. are responsible for a lot of entrepreneurial endeavors and founding companies. So whatever you think is relevant to the audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I can definitely start from the beginning. Yep. Um, We didn't talk offline. Yep. So I was born in Russia and came to the States uh, when I was eight, uh, right around the time that the... Berlin Wall fell, so you know came here uh, literally with a hundred dollars in our pocket, with me and my family, and typical story of the you know of the immigrant uh, came here with nothing and just you know um, had to had to make the best of everything. So yeah, it is true. I do find that a lot of immigrants are also entrepreneurs in the United States, just because. I don't know, maybe to have the grit to to withstand being the challenges of of being an entrepreneur. I don't know. I guess there's many reasons for that. So uh, after I I came here, I went to school and all that stuff. And then graduated from college and worked at a, a few jobs, but always had the entrepreneurial bug in me. I always, after college, I kind of always thought in the back of my mind that eventually I would maybe want to do something on my own. And that feeling grew stronger and stronger. Uh, and eventually I decided uh, that I didn't want to work for uh, the man anymore. And I was working at a, a company, at an agency. And I was like, no, I just, I could do a much better job uh, servicing clients directly versus um, going, you know, working for a company. So I pulled the plug. And almost seven years ago, I started my own thing. It was definitely small in the beginning, but I think that's how most entrepreneurial endeavors are right you know you start on your own in your basement typically (laughs) I didn't I I didn't have a basement but I started on my own and um, started looking for clients Uh, luckily in the beginning I was really consulting for primarily one client so it was like kind of an easy transition for me to go from working full-time to consulting uh, for one client pretty much you know full-time uh, but then I decided, you know, six months into it that like one client is probably not enough because what happens if this one client leaves, which of course eventually they did, they did be part of Waze. So I decided to start looking for additional clients and that's how the agency um, grew and how the agency started, I guess, and grew. And then now seven years later, we have the agency still. So we still service clients, primarily digital marketing, content strategy, content marketing, video uh, social media we're really big on um on using social media strategies and now we also have a consultancy so that's more just uh, d- directing companies that have a need for a strategic lead in digital marketing and then we also have an education company uh, or an education part of our company that is Um, trainings and uh, digital courses that teach up-and-coming entrepreneurs how to use digital marketing in their business so that's pretty much my story I'd say in in two or three minutes
0: (laughs) nice and in terms of kind of your formal education was that in a digital marketing or marketing discipline or is that something you transitioned in and learned on your own
1: Absolutely not. I went to a liberal arts school, and I, my degree was in uh, public policy and international relations. So basically, political science, and uh, completely not relevant at all to what uh, to what I'm doing now. I, I, after college, I did think about going into. Uh, Washington, D.C., and um, just because I speak Russian, I was recruited by the CIA at one point, but I figured that was not really my path. Um, you know, working for, for an organization like the CIA or any sort of government organization is a very much long-term commitment, and I didn't think that I, that's what I wanted to do. Um, just maybe because I think the entrepreneurial bug was in my head at <laughs> that time as well. So uh, so yeah, all of this stuff that I learned about digital marketing was either um, through the jobs that I had or just on my own um, and through you know the companies that I've worked with and worked um, at. So yeah, no formal education in marketing at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I find that a kind of a commonality through people I speak with and people I' worked with in the past I, have a degree in criminal justice and interned with the secret service and then basically graduated when the economy tanked. So I had to pivot to something and an opportunity presented itself and I basically grew in a field and I feel like a lot of people transition into the marketing field that's something obviously a psychology based and you have other elements in terms of not just kind of the you know the technicality of what you're doing but really understand people and I think it's a, a great transition for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so I guess that sounds like a similar similar situation that you were in. You had a degree that was completely not related to marketing. And then how did you decide to get into marketing?
0: Basically, I couldn't find a job. Um, State, federal and uh, local agencies froze hiring and spending in 2008, 2009. I was looking for a job for months and then just working out every day. Basically, that's the only thing that kept me sane. And I met someone that gave me a packet about search engine optimization from his trunk outside of the gym and said, take a month or two, learn this, read up on it online. You can do it for my company. And that's kind of, I ran with it for the last 11 years.
1: Oh wow! Well, serendipity, huh? Just you decided to talk to somebody, and they gave you a packet of the back from the back of their truck or their car, huh? Yeah,
0: and, and it was necessity at that point, and I kind of you know fell in love with it, and just second nature. It's something I don't even think about for a lot of industries and clients. that just you know develop a strategy and know how to do it at this point because it's you know repetition. Even though the industry changes, that kind of good content and uh, the psychological aspect of it doesn't
1: yeah that's very true
0: so what motivates you to succeed
1: um i would say serving my community and serving my clients um so over the last few years i've really been working a lot on building on my community through my social media channels and through other channels as well but primarily, i'd say through social media um i really say that for me it's like every time i, I getting up in the morning for me is really wanting to help entrepreneurs succeed um, that's what I'm passionate about I think over time in the beginning it was like I was just trying to help myself succeed and, and uh, I was you know passionate about that part but then, as, as things grew and as my company grew and I started working with more entrepreneurs and that's really who we service those are the types of clients we work with um, I was like well really it's more about you know it's just obviously it's more about, it's more than just me it's about um, trying to serve these companies and help them um, achieve their goals so um, so yeah, for me, that's what I find the success, um, and I think you know after that, the success kind of comes. It comes in line with wanting to help people and wanting to, um, you know, share your knowledge, wanting to, um, yeah, I mean, wanting to really service your clients and service your community. So. I would say, yeah, that's uh, the success. I feel like you know is, is a byproduct of that, and, and you know the the money or whatever that comes out of the services is also kind of a byproduct of that. But really, the first thing is just service, servicing your clients and serving the community.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think at some point I went away from let's you know chase money to a legacy standpoint per se, like you know you're saying. And when I switched over to that legacy, that. You know, those earnings naturally came from doing the right thing to others, helping others, people seeing that, obviously that adding to my personal brand, not necessarily doing it for the wrong reason, but people seeing me volunteer, do this, do that, give out a lot of free information uh, to companies and, you know, it started getting noticed. So I think that's a great approach to have and it. You know, it's it's rewarding as well.
1: Yeah, and it it took a little bit of time for me for me to change that mindset. I I do feel like it was a mindset shift um, just because I think when, I don't know, as when I first started being an entrepreneur, it was like, Oh, you know, being success is making, you know, is, is, is earning a lot of revenue for the company. And that's kind of, I think a lot of times ingrained, at least it wasn't me when I first started being an entrepreneur. I think a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs can probably say that's the case. So it had to have, I had to have a mindset shift where it was like, it's not just about making the money or like bringing in revenue, you know, of course it's important for the business, but it's really about, you know, servicing community.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you've had as a weakness that you've seen in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
1: Weakness, Um, I would say processes have been uh, uh, at one point in my career, uh, a weakness. And um, when I first started my business, there were really no processes at all. (laughs) And things were just kind of like done on the fly. And it was very reactive. Um, which is not the best way to run a business. I think a lot of businesses do feel like do run their business that way. And it's really, I, in my opinion, not really the best thing to do. And every place I even worked at before I started my own company, you know, there were really no processes. And so I had to really learn that on my own that, you know, you have to set set up processes and it has to be a procedure driven business in order to be successful. Because if you're just, just being reactive all the time, then it's it's that business is not going to be very successful. So, over time I've had to create standard operating procedures for everything in our business for for our business and for our clients businesses and on all of the projects that we work on that and so everything is now documented uh, we have a Trello board that we use we use Trello's as project as a project management tool but we also use that as a um, we have a board for the standard operating procedures for all of our processes and our clients processes so that You know, if anybody's new who comes on board, I actually just hired someone a couple of months ago. Um, So uh, when she first started, I mean, I just like, hey, go through this whole, you know, go through the standard operating procedure Trello board and review all of the videos, review all of the step-by-step, you know, items and and, go as you're creating all of these, you know, uh, campaigns and whatnot, then you're, you're, you're using all of the standard operating procedures. um, that's something I actually had to learn, um, but I'm very thankful that I did and that I implemented that in my business because it's just become so... It's, it also allows me to step away from my business more and, do, and work more on strategy, work more on doing things like this, podcasts speaking engagements, writing my book or books that I've, I've written a book. So I'm, I'm thinking about reading or writing more books. So yeah, it's just creating content really allows me to step away where I don't, directing people all the time, um, you know, they're, they're kind of become more self-sufficient, make things become more self, self-sufficient.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's important, like you said, for hiring to have that consistency as well as operating procedures for clients. So clients don't you know think they're getting XYZ and when there's a, a process or kind of a, a template involved not to say that it's obviously cookie cutter but there has to be some kind of a operating thing if you're doing a social media campaign that's five thousand dollars a month versus ten versus you know two and then in terms of scaling your overall business without a, a system or a process you're never going to be able to scale any business
1: yep absolutely so are you do you use a lot of that in your business
0: Yeah, um, I use a million tools that basically connect to a singular dashboard that's client facing as well as internal facing just for the kind of the main metrics and obviously ad hoc reporting that's more in depth in terms of uh, ROI and what's been delivered in terms of numbers of sales, uh, you know, form submissions, calls, that kind of thing. And then internally, uh, what the processes are, what a client would get at a certain amount based on the kind of initial uh, contract and then plugging that in into you know what they need to succeed so yeah and it's it's, it's avoided a lot of headaches.
1: Is that a proprietary dashboard or is that like a, um, a turnkey solution that you can just No for that specifically
0: I yeah, use sife um, you can okay. white label it and uh, basically brand it to each client give each client a login so clients aren't bothering you about reports or how they're doing. So they still get a monthly report, but they can log in at any time and see what's moving, what's been spent, because I know there's some agencies that say one thing and spend another in terms of paid search or paid social. So there's a lot of transparency and adds a lot of transparency, so there's no ambiguity into what's being delivered or what's being done.
1: Right, yeah, it's, that it does of course happen so often where I mean obviously the client is like, what's going on with my campaign? So having that transparency is so critical.
0: I agree. So what's one piece of advice you have for the audience, uh, personal or professional?
1: I would say my, my advice always um, when it comes to professional or entrepreneurship is never stop learning. Um, a lot of times I see the most successful businesses that I've worked with as clients are really the ones where, you know, the business owner or uh, or just the culture of the business itself is always continuously uh, learning um, new you know, anything that's new, whether it's related to your industry, whether it's like just professionalism, you know, anything in the professional space or anything related to business like reading or doing, taking digital courses. So, um, I'm a big proponent of that. It's so often that I see with companies where, you know, they get very comfortable with what they do. They stop learning, they stop innovating and then, um, and that's how a lot of times businesses fail eventually because they stop learning and innovating. So, um, to me, I always feel like, you know, even when I'm going to be, you know, 80, 100 years old, you know, with the way things are going now with stem cells, you know, we'll probably live to be like 150 at this point. So, you know, even when I'm going to be 80 or 100, I'll, I'll still be continuing to learn. So I highly recommend that. And that's usually my biggest piece of advice, especially for entrepreneurs, especially for new entrepreneurs, is it doesn't stop just, you know, when you have a successful business, it's, you know, never stops.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think when you get a compl- complacent, it leads to kind of uh, you fading out. There's a lot of companies that were top companies, let's say 20 years ago, that no longer exist because they stopped innovating. And in terms kind of in the digital field, you, you're forced to keep innovating because things change so often. And then obviously new platforms come out and things like, you know, possibilities with AR, VR and voice. Are you going to market to that audience that moves over to different devices and platforms as well
1: yeah absolutely so uh, what do you do in your business to create that kind of culture whether it's for yourself or for your employees?
0: I mean just devote time usually Mondays, Fridays to spend like a half hour hour read basically scholarly articles test things on specific sites or accounts what you've seen analyze metrics, uh, test things or set up tests, with things that you think will happen, like right now playing around with TikTok a lot. Um, the demographic isn't as young as people think. So there's a lot of older people as well. I mean, older, I've, I've seen some senior citizens on there making videos and different stuff, putting content out. And I think the, the, the demo I've seen a lot is about 25 to like 45, 50 actually. So really? older people are moving on and there's no organic reach cap. So I think the fourth video I posted had like 25,000 views, 4,000 likes, like 300 shares. So there is a lot of opportunity, you know, for branding, it, nothing less than branding. You can put your name out there. And uh, even if the some of the people that see it are younger, their parents are having the purchasing power still now. So... You know, they may overhear their parents say, oh, I'm looking for so-and-so. Well, I saw this TikTok. There's this company, this woman, this guy that puts out this content and looks like they really know what they're doing. You should check it out. So there's still opportunities there. And like you said, you should always be learning and testing.
1: I am quite surprised on the demographics. I've I've tested out the TikTok app, just kind of went through it. It seems to be a lot, you know, at least what I saw was definitely a lot younger, like 25 and under. So I'm surprised that you're you're finding that it's it's actually twenty-five to forty-five.
0: Yeah, and a lot of um creators are moving over from Instagram to YouTube and YouTube to TikTok and then building a community and then funneling that community back to their YouTube. Oh. Which is interesting.
1: What kind of content are you posting on TikTok? Is it similar to what you post to other social media channels or are you making it more native to TikTok?
0: Um. Well, the original kind of TikTok uh, stereotypical content is like uh, lip syncing songs and dancing. So yeah. I've, I've not really done much of that, but um, promoting the podcast, uh, different uh, video clips, uh, posting things about me being uh, a foster parent, because there's a lot of misconceptions about foster care and people hear about kind of the horror stories. So highlighting, you know, the positives of that. And then I'm starting to get into, I know some people I've had on the podcast themselves, I think they've, they've grown to, you know, tens of thousands of, um, of followers and, you know, hundreds of thousands of likes on TikTok currently, where they basically do informational stuff. So, you know, five best tools for so-and-so for, for my, you know, marketing stack. This is what I use or how to make money online. Or Things that are actually catchy on other platforms, uh, they get information in terms of what's popular, like on Reddit boards, and then translate that and give that information kind of out free of charge and stick to that uh, 15, 30 or you know, 60 second kind of format.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I've um, only posted one video to TikTok as of now, um, but I definitely need to look into it. And of course, Gary Vee always says, you know, well, I mean, he talks about Tic Tac now, but you know, he's always the one that you have to follow, right? Because that's where things explode when he starts talking about a new platform.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, it's cool. You got the opportunity, I saw, to also interview him, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. A couple of months ago, he was on my podcast and that was, that was very, uh, it was awesome to do that. I mean, he's been one of my mentors. I mean, obviously not like directly a mentor, but someone that, you know, I, I consume his content a lot and, I really resonate. Um, his message really resonates with me. And of course, he's also a uh, you know, uh, former Soviet Union person that I can relate to. So yeah, um, so it's it very special to have him on my podcast.
0: Yeah, I, I met him at his book signing last year at Wine Library. I mean, I briefly talked like 10 seconds with him. But uh, other than that, I a a lot of people follow him for that kind of gritty, inspirational content, but I kind of follow him also for those uh, marketing nuggets as well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I follow him a lot, especially for the social media side, because I feel like he's so, you know, ahead of everything where, um, you know, he's, he, I feel like he's, I don't want to say like, predi- I mean, he kind of predicts a lot of things that are going to happen. And so I definitely follow him a lot for the social media side of it.
0: Yeah, some right and some, you know, some he's missed over time, but he's doing that kind of background, uh, gathering that data that I don't have to necessarily gather in terms of what his team have, has seen and his personal brand, what he's doing. And then obviously test it myself and see if it has credibility in, t- in terms of what I'm doing. But he does a lot of the legwork for people. People just need to either run with it or test it themselves as well.
1: Yep, absolutely. I totally agree.
0: So I really appreciate you coming on today can you let the audience know how they can find you
1: yeah absolutely thank you so much for having me this is really fun and I'm glad we were able to share some ideas and some tools and things like that um yeah people anybody um, who wants to follow me on social media you can find me pretty much anywhere that's at Gene Ginsburg uh, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or Facebook so that's my handle for you, pretty much for all social media platforms. It's just at Gene Ginsburg. So yeah, hope you guys um, find found this helpful and yeah, looking forward to connecting with you on social media.
0: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Yeah, thank you.